Hello and welcome to the WIFT podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Liddy, Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland. Earlier this year, WIFT, in conjunction with the EAC, that's the Equality Action Committee of the Writers Guild of Ireland and Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, hosted a panel discussion at the Galway Film Vla entitled Countdown to 5050 by 2020, Where Are We Now? The panellists were Stephanie Comey, Senior Manager of the BAI, Dr. Annie Duna, Chair of Screen Ireland, Liz Gill, filmmaker and WIFT board member, and Will Fitzgerald, programmer at the Galway Film Fla. The event was chaired by myself, Dr. Susan Liddy. I hope you enjoy. You're very welcome to the uh, 2019 Fla debate, I think, as it's kind of known at this stage. Um, some of you will be new here, many of you will be returnees. Um, and I suppose I've said a few, I've, I've said these things, I think, in lots of different ways many times, but given that it's 2019, I just want to say a couple of things again, just to preface the debate. And then I'll introduce our panel, I'm sure you know them already. Um, I'm kind of happy, I suppose, to paraphrase Hartley when he said that the past is a foreign country. They did things differently there. And that's the way I think about the Irish film industry. Um, I am very happy to acknowledge that Screen Ireland and the BAI have committed to gender equality. And in 2019, I think in many ways, it is a different country. It's certainly a different country than when I started uh, researching back in 2013-14. It is quite different. These organisations are no longer the enemy of the people. (laughs) Um, They are indeed... um, I say of us, they want to change things, I believe that. Certainly, I, you know, I say I, I, I'm talking about Screen Ireland and the BAI here, but of course Liz Gill, as many of you know, we all know that Liz's position, uh, always the warrior on these issues. And Will Fitzgerald, who's introducing um, a film, and I think he may be coming in now. Um, uh, very timely, Will. Uh, I, he's here for a different reason, which he'll, we'll describe in a minute, because he is one of the eight film festivals that have signed the pledge, the gender pledge um, uh document, the parity pledge. Um, so I'm very happy to say that in all kinds of different ways, I think film culture has started to change. Now, you might say, well, if that's all the case, why are you here for another panel? And I will have to add this bit on. These organisations are absolutely all that I have said, and there is much to be recommended. So I think we can park that for a minute now with your sufferance and say that there are still questions that need to be asked, and there are still outstanding issues that are pressing. But I wanted to frame today's conversation within those parameters, that it's a different kind of debate. There's celebration, and there's also, but what about this and what about this? And that, you know, as somebody else said, I was just, well, it's just a joke, so I'm sure you understand, them's the breaks I was going to say, but that's led somebody in trouble. <laughs> along the way but just you know what I mean Annie like this is how it goes you know you've done wonderful things but the debate today can't be about backslapping it's got to be about saying we know this and we acknowledge it and we applaud it but we're looking for extra clarification I suppose so I'd like to begin with that so I'd like to suggest that for maybe two minutes or so that each person would interview themselves um, because um, introduce themselves I'll do (laughs) that 
I'm sure they'd be quite happy to go on and on. Um, no, because of course there are people in the room that don't know um, don't know you as well as, as others do know you. So could we start? Um, maybe I'll just give the names and then they can each uh, tell you a little bit about where they're coming from uh, and what their interest and background in the gender issues are. So we have Stephanie Comey from the BAI. Uh, Dr. Annie Duna from Screen Ireland, Liz Gill, producer, writer, director, and Will Fitzgerald, who's the programmer here at the FLA. So can we start with you, Stephanie, and maybe just say hello and tell us where you're coming from? I'm Stephanie. Hello. Uh, is that enough? No, That's probably not. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd try it. Uh, so yes, I'm Stephanie Comey. I'm a senior manager with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Uh, the Broadcasting Authority is the regulator for television and uh, radio in uh, the Republic uh, of Ireland, um, and we've been dealing with broadcasters uh, across uh, TV and radio for a long time, a very long time, since 1988, since there's been a regulator. So a lot of the work that's been done there is very much around uh, working with broadcasters, looking at employment practices, for example, for broadcasters, etc., um, etc. Et so th it's very much behind the scene work, and it hasn't necessarily been tabled uh, in a, any kind of formal way. Um, but since 2005, we are also administering the Sound and Vision Fund, which um, I am sure some of you are quite familiar with, uh, which is a funding scheme for uh, radio and TV programming. Um, across shores, and we have uh, delivered quite, and I don't have numbers because I don't actually deal with sound and vision very much, but I believe quite a lot of money <laughs> has gone in industry since 2005, since the scheme was uh, officially launched, and actually uh, the, the, the scheme was launched for the first time at the Flying Galway, uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of nice to be back for that. Um, and then last year, I believe that um, Michael O'Keefe, who's the chief executive of the BAI, was here to uh, present, I suppose, the Gender Action Plan, which we launched last summer. And the plan is really aligned to a number of key documents uh, that we've been working with over the years. And the main one, probably, in terms of structure, is the Council of Europe recommendation on gender equality in the audiovisual sector. Uh, that was published in 2017. Um, and we basically took that recommendation and adapted it in an Irish context uh, for the BAI. And um, we've also a strategy that talks about promoting diversity and plurality um, and fostering a media landscape that is representative of and accessible to the diversity of Irish society. Um, so the plan itself has four pillars, um, data collection, research, um, gender initiatives, uh, and then accountability. So we've done a number of things uh, across the plan, including funding. Can I carry on talking? Well, or am I just... you, well I, I'm going to get to the details. So just maybe another couple of seconds. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. No. <laughs> She's very tough. She's a lecturer, you can tell. Um, so yes, I suppose we have uh, uh, gathered some data around applications for sound and vision that captures creative role and gender um, gender balance within those creative roles. And I, I, I will talk later about what that data has been given for the last 18 months. Great, great. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank Annie. you. Okay, hi. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm Annie Duna, and I'm the chair of the board 
of Screen Ireland. I think I'm in my fifth year of chairing uh, the board now. And my day job is I'm the president of the Institute of Art, Design and Technology in Dunleary, which is home to the National Film School. So I have a, a, an academic interest in, in film as well. Uh, what I want to say in this session, really, and I have lots of stats and lots of positive actions that we've done, but maybe it's important to say in, in this introductory session that I'm here representing not just the board of Screen Ireland, but the executive, the gender diversity committee, the project managers, and all of the executive and staff at Screen Ireland. And the reason that I say that is that we believe that over the past number of years, we've worked very hard to embed gender and diversity, and now other forms of diversity as well, right through and across the organization. And our intention was to embed gender and diversity in the DNA of Screen Ireland, so that this becomes an integral part of who we are as an organization, how we think, and how we behave, and what we do. And I think it's, it's perhaps important to state that, that our intention is that gender is very much the day-to-day part of how Screen Island operates and how we work. And Susan, we've done lots of, of positive action things, including lots of schemes with additional funding for female-driven projects, which I can talk about in a few minutes as well. Um, we still have challenges. Uh, you're right, Susan, there are challenges, and some of those challenges are structural within the industry. Some of them are backlash challenges. We have had backlash from female filmmakers and from male filmmakers who don't like the kind of positive action that Screen Ireland has been doing and been taking, and I can talk a little bit about that as well. But maybe in this introductory session, it's just important to say that the 50-50 by 2020, our commitment to gender, our six-point action plan, and the development since that plan around positive action are very, very important to Screen Ireland now and into the future. Okay, thanks, Annie. Um, Liz, you're coming kind of from a different perspective. I don't think you have personal funding that you're free to give everybody, have you? You're coming as an individual here. Um, so I suppose I'm talking to you, Liz, as a practitioner in all kinds of ways. I know your production is your thing now, uh, but obviously you would be known as a writer-director as well and an activist, I think it's fair to say. So I suppose what I want from you is, like, you're down on the ground. What are you? Is there a culture change? What are your thoughts about um, whether we are moving to 50-50? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's incredibly encouraging uh, so many people are here on a sunny afternoon, that everyone's here, and the work that's been done recently is really inspiring, and and it's clear uh, that uh, there's not only good intentions, but action being taken, which is fantastic. Um, I guess having, and I am not representing anybody, only than just my own uh, yeah subjective experience, um, n having been now about 30 years in the business, um, I, I just would say that having, when I come, came into it, there was a climate of expectation that things were getting better and they would continue to. And across my time, I witnessed a kind of a reversal where everyone kind of figured, well, feminism is, it's done, it's we're, we're there, it's over. And watched as opportunities diminished to the point where I effectively abandoned uh, writing and directing because it was simply not going to happen and there was no recognition that it was not happening. Um, so now, yeah, I work as a producer, which I love, but I would be um, as optimistic and, and encouraged as I am of what's happening now when you refer to embedding 
uh, change. I think that's really critical because the danger is, and, and of course there's huge backlash and resistance and all of these other uh, forces, not to mention complacency and the notion that it's been achieved. So the, the, the mechanics around embedding equality I think are really crucial, and how, how we can arrange that is, is probably the important okay. thing to discuss yeah. and, and okay. to continue to solve. All right, thanks, Liz. Um, Will, thanks for joining us um, this year. Um, you're, you're, I suppose, Will, you're a programmer, first of all, and I guess everybody knows what that is, but you might just fill us in. Uh, yeah. And also, it's important to say that the FLA are one of the eight festivals who have signed the Parity Pledge. So that is um, a, a first step towards transparency of, you know, making data available about, you know, whose who's films are being chosen to, to be shown here, who is the who are the people who make those decisions, and so on. And it's a very important um, first step. It's probably just a first step, but nonetheless really critical, I think. So will you talk a little bit about are, what the challenges are maybe for uh, a programmer in, in changing the landscape of a festival? Sure. Um, I suppose, you know, a large part of the role of the programmer of a festival is, um, apart from just curating a quality program of cinema, you, you strive to kind of uh, reveal what the market hides, you know, what you can't go to see in the multiplex on any given day of the week. And so by default, that will you know, any good programmer should have a vested interest in trying to find more diverse voices, and that will obviously include more uh, female voices. Um, so yeah, I can talk, uh, I suppose, specifically what the challenges are the, the FLA faces, but I think we probably have a lot in common with, pro with programmers in general. And yeah, signing up to the Parity Pledge was... Um, like I'm, I'm glad that we're that we're on board and doing it. I suppose it will just sort of foreground a lot of... I think each festival probably has their own... Um, agreed steps that they were uh, taking towards addressing mm -hmm. the issue and this will provide a, I guess a kind of standard mm -hmm. um, a transparency mm -hmm. uh, like you said mm -hmm. um, I think you know one of the things that we'll probably talk about over the course of the, of the discussion is um, each festival probably has their own you know feminism is, is at the end of the day personal as well and so each festival probably has their own um, targets in mind, not necessarily targets but their own methodologies in yeah. mind and yeah the 50-50 the by 2020 helps to to Focus clarify those, yeah. 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 Okay, great. Um, so if I could just ask each of you, and this may not be as relevant maybe to, to, to Will and Liz, um, I suppose the, the basic question is, are we going to hit this 50-50 by 2020 target? Now, we know that it's become like a slogan. You know, We hear it all over the place. And in a way, it's a comforting thing, I think, mm -hmm. to hear it, because it sort of feels as though work is being done by somebody, because everybody is saying it. Uh, but when you actually go into the ground, it takes a lot of hard work to actually get there. And to, is there a danger that we've been caught up in the talk? Or actually, are we going to be able to deliver? Stephanie, do you want to kick off? Um, I think we are going to deliver. Well, and I can only talk about... Um, the BAI's role in it, which is really through the Sound and Vision yeah. Fund and how applications are uh, coming in and they're being assessed and they're mm. being uh, offered funding and then we, we, we move on. So it's a fairly, you know, uh, structured process. Mm. Um, but one of the things that we did under the Gender Action Plan is to ask people when they were applying mm. for funding to tell us what the gender of their key creative role was. And 
that fed into the assessment mm. process. And then when we offer them funding, we ask them to tell us again, just mm. in case, because, you know, this industry yeah. is mobile and mm. things change. So they tell us again. And then before they get their final check, they have to tell us again. Mm. Um, so we can track what's going on from application process mm. to finish. So somebody project. can knock off a female, we'll say, in a particular role that they might have had when they applied. Is, is that the idea? Yeah, that you they can... They, they can and, that's not necessarily a showstopper. Right. So they can do that. Yeah. They can say, you yeah. know, I had a, a woman yeah. producer okay. at the beginning, yeah. but I didn't have it okay. at the end. Okay. But we're tracking that data. Okay. So okay. we can see, you know, we can see what, mm. what's happening. Mm. And I think that that's important. Mm. Uh, I know, like, sometimes it's dull to talk about numbers, but numbers help no, to kind of focus yeah, the mind and to kind of tell us mm. what, what's happening. Mm. So I just have a little bit of aggregate data. It's very high level. Um, but we, since we introduced the plan in um, last year, we've had three rounds of Sound and Vision. Mm. And over those three rounds, I can tell you that women producers um, at application stage, it's about 60% of the applications that come in. Mm. Um, at successful allocation of funding, mm. we're above that. We're at 63 point, just above 63%. Mm. So that's good. Mm. That, uh, apologies for the women producers in the room, but that's not necessarily the area of the industry where mm. there was the, uh, a huge mm. amount of concern mm. anyway. No. There was no. a reasonable balance mm. uh, 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 with mm. women producers. Mm. When we talk about writers, which I believed myself was actually quite a challenging place, mm. at application level, uh, we have 54% of, of applications mm. of sound and vision that have a women writer. Mm. But for the applications that require a writer, 54% of mm. those are women. And 54.5% of women were offered funding. Women mm. writers were offered mm. funding. So we think we're mm. there. Mm. Our problem is as directors. Yeah. Um, and we knew this before. Mm. Um, we think it's better than it used to be. Mm. Uh, I think mm. it, it used to be a lot lower than it is. Mm. But we only had 31% mm. of women. Women mm. directors applying for funding and mm. um, across the last three rounds of mm. sound and vision so that's quite recent mm. data mm. Um, and then when there's only about 30 percent of mm. them so what's interesting to know is that the numbers that apply and the numbers that mm. get offered funding mm. kind of are the same mm. so there is no drop right. through the application mm. process that's good for us to be able to know because mm. it just means that the application mm. process is mm. kind of reasonably mm. solid. Mm. So the parity mm. kind of remains there. But 30% mm. women directors means there are mm. 70% mm. men directors mm. that will get offered funding. Mm. And that's, I think, an area of work mm. for us. Okay. Is there a discrepancy in the funding amount? Oh, that's a really good now, I know question. it's a big question. <laughs> I know we probably haven't got time to trash this yeah. one out today, but and this I, is a question of the future. There's no doubt about it. definitely the question of the future. I don't have data mm. on that. Mm. It's something that we're mm. going to Okay. Because that's okay. our next step. That's mm. definitely okay. where we're going. So, so in a way, it's, it's, it's kind of getting the women there in, and getting the funding out to... Uh, as near the 50-50 as possible yeah. and then revisiting the detail about who's getting what and what more could be done. Yeah, I think it can happen in parallel. Yeah. I don't think we need to have yeah. all the, the, the ducks in a row mm. before we mm. move on to the next question. Mm. But I do think that we need to work to mm. increase the number of women directors okay. that uh, get awarded funding. Mm. And we also need to gather mm. better data mm. and better information as to what mm. the salary discrepancies, mm. discrepancies mm. the wage gaps are. Mm. I have no information yeah. at that. Okay. I know we can get it, mm. which is is a better place mm. than uh, mm. we were in the past, mm. but that's definitely okay. an area of work for us. Okay, thanks, Stephanie. Annie, are we going to get there? 
Uh, again, I hope so. Um, I don't think it was a slogan, Susan. I don't think we saw 50-50 by 2020 as a slogan. I think we saw it as a commitment yeah. and, and, and an aspirational mm. commitment as well, that this was something that we wanted to achieve. Mm. Um, I'll give you some stats in a minute as well, but maybe if I can talk about mm. the positive action things that we've done that I think are making me believe we will get there. Mm. Uh, we introduced additional funding, uh, money talks, we know that. Mm. So we had production and development funding where if projects came into us which were female-driven, female-led, they could automatically be given additional money, around 150k, and we've had 13 projects, seven features and six documentaries since we introduced that a year ago that have come in and availed of that additional funding. So I think for the production companies, our commitment to saying, you bring us female-driven projects, you you automatically get additional funding has been very helpful. We also had a female-only funding scheme called the POV scheme, the point of view scheme, where we had committed to funding um, initially three women-only, women-driven projects. We had so many good applications that we project managers persuaded me we funded four. So I think those positive action schemes have led to an increase in applications. People realize that we are looking for, and the project managers are looking for female talent, female-driven projects, diverse voices. And I think, you know, Stephanie's talked about uh, the challenges that remain. One of the challenges down the line is the whole issue of intersectionality, because we still receive very few projects from black and minority ethnic women from uh, women from different class backgrounds projects where women are disabled we have very little so we're good and we're improving on the gender but we know that not all women are the same and we still have have issues there but maybe I can just talk about why I think we might get to those stats Susan mm -hmm. and I've only a few stats because mm -hmm. we publish these on the Screen Ireland website um, every quarter so I'll start with directors, because Stephanie identified that as, as maybe a, a key issue, and I think Liz has as well. So uh, we have had a significant increase in applications with female directors. And at the moment, the production funding decisions with female directors, the successful production funding increased from 20% in 2017 to 36% in 2018. We've only just had the first half of 2019, mm. and I think we're about 38% there. So we hope that when we get to the end of the year, you know, that will have increased as well. Um, applications with female directors went from 15% to 31%. So all that is going mm. in the right direction. Mm. Writers, 20% um, of successful um, production funding decisions had female writers attached in 2017 to 45% in 2018. So things are moving in the right direction. Producers have always been better. Um, you know, we know that the, the numbers with female producers, the applications have always been better, and the numbers um, being successful have always been better as well. And, and it was interesting, Stephanie, that you talked about maybe a synergy between the number of applications and the number of projects funded. Mm. We actually have a better strike rate for women than we do applications. And I think part of that is a commitment that we've made to seeking those diverse voices and projects. And the project managers will get back to production companies and talk about the lack of diverse voices, and in particular women's voices, women's stories, and they will say, you know, is there a way of changing this? Can you do something with this? So I think a lot of those positive action initiatives and us talking about it a lot and writing about it and being on panels is leading to an increase 
in both the applications and in the numbers being funded. Now, in terms of the amount, that is still an issue across the industry. I think the amounts that women are coming in looking for, asking for, being given is something that we're aware mm. of and that we need to tackle. Mm. But the additional money, the additional 150,000 mm. to those projects certainly I think has been a good start in, okay. in showing that commitment. Okay. Okay. Some interesting things I could come into, but I just want to get through the, the panel. Uh, um, Liz, what are you, are you are you feeling positive? I mean, what what are your thoughts now about everything that's going on? Um, I, I mean, I think these figures are all yes. really encouraging, and yeah. I think the more we track figures, it's, yeah. uh, I think Catherine Tate from CBC mm. just announced, you know, that they've reached fifty fifty, and mm. her mantra is kind mm. of if you if you count it, you can change it. Mm. Um, I think uh, the figures all bear a lot more uh, analysis, mm. let's say, and mm. and they can be. Mm. Uh, viewed in different yeah. uh, ways, and and the finances are obviously a big part of that. Mm. Um, so, but but yet, um, as as much as it feels like things are moving in the right direction, what would concern me is the fragility of that momentum, and how, at any moment, uh, should there be a change of personnel, potentially everything could go streaming in the opposite direction. Um, so, I I, I I still believe quotas on a short-term basis are a really useful way to cement equality uh, for until we reach the 50-50. Um, and, and I think there's, you know, and you probably, if you've been here before, you've heard me say this before, but as well as the public service dimension of that, there's also the commercial dimension of that, which, um, you know, for directors in particular, there is this invisible killer of the commercial production world. So all of these great young talents going to film school or not, whatever they're doing, women are not permitted to direct commercials. And every guy you see who's doing well as an Irish director mm. has spent some time, short or long, learning their trade in the commercials world. And that's not something that just we can kind of throw our hands mm. up about. It's something that we can also, as the public... Mm. Take action on when mm. we w because the production companies will say, well, it's the, mm. the agency decide. Mm. The agency say, well, it's the client who decides, and the client is the marketing director. Mm. And if you see commercials, and if you know that they were all directed by men, you can complain, you can tweet, you can mm. make them uncomfortable because they're into marketing. So they don't want bad PR. So I would encourage us all, as well as depending on BAI mm. and Screen mm. Ireland mm. and and RTE mm. and mm. Virgin and mm. everybody else in the room. To, to and, and spy to uh, to promote 5050 uh, we we can all take some action ourselves and, and just when you mentioned intersectionality I think we may look back very soon and say well this notion of gender how are we going to evaluate that next year you know uh, so that, but that might be another can I, can I just come in there, Susan? sorry I just I just want to take um, Liz up on that in, in a way because you know, I started off very deliberately with a statement saying that we wanted to get this as part of the DNA of Screen Ireland so that, you know, I get a little bit fed up when people say to me, oh, when you stop being chair, maybe it will all go back to the way it was in, in, you know, 20 years ago. And my view is absolutely not because we have put in very structural things that I might just say um, that will ensure that that doesn't happen. So, you know, we're now involved, as, as people may be aware, I'm going to say the dreaded Section 481, um, <laughs> that, you know, now the skills plan that production companies have to submit as part of their production outline has to now, to Screen Ireland, include the gender and diversity policy and action plan for that organization. 
Okay, so we've put a lot of, of places where if you apply to us, there has to be a commitment to gender and a stated policy and your numbers and what you're already doing. So and can I stop you there because processes, I, 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 I know Stephanie wants to come in about the yep. same point, but I'm conscious we will come back to that. Okay. I just conscious will. Can I ask you, not knowing uh, much about you know how um, how you go about programming for a festival like this. Uh, to what extent, you know the old notion like, well, quality will out and you pick mm-hmm. quality. How does that impact on your decisions in terms of the, the films that are chosen for this festival? Yeah, it's you kind of reach a certain point I suppose. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of like a number of challenges along the way. Um, just spe- speaking for the fly in particular, like the first thing when you set out to like, you know, we, we don't impose quotas but we, obviously we're looking at the numbers and the first kind of stumbling block is um, the FLA, you know, specifically already has like a, a cause celebre of its own, which is Irish, New Irish Cinema. Yes. So that's the first thing where about, say, like 30% of our programming, um, some years it's more, some years it's less, will be New Irish Cinema. Okay. So depending on what the numbers are for that, that's mm. then going to throw off the rest of, mm. uh, you know, our ratio. Mm. Um, then the next thing is... Uh, from an outsider's perspective, I could see how people might just go, well, sure, isn't it easy? To, can't you just like, you know, pick 50 women's films, 50 yeah. men's films? Is, yeah. is it that hard? Yeah. Um, but the other thing that uh, you're doing in this job is you're, um, I, I, I'm working with the, the films that are available to me. It's like, so, um, you know, a certain percentage of the female-directed films from any given year are going to um, be saving, say, their premiere for... Toronto or Venice mm. or whatnot. Mm. Others will have bowed earlier. Mm. And I'm working with... What's, you know, the notion that I, I can just have any film I want is, right. you know, that, that's, that's okay. not the case. Um, and so once you, so you've overcome this first hurdle, yeah. then you've overcome this next hurdle. Now at this point, um, if I am to impose a quota um, and pick 50% directed mm-hmm. female films, now it's kind of getting, in the, in the current market, now it's getting to the point where I may be, you know, I'm putting it, I, I would possibly be including a film that I wouldn't otherwise right. if I was, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, to meet a quota. Now, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's after all you, you've overcome all those hurdles, that's when you arrive at that point and, and that's where the, the mm-hmm. challenge is. You know. Is it easier to, um, is it easier to get, in other words, have you more applicants for shorts from women? Yeah, I don't have the numbers um, on shorts, but yes, that the, the numbers are definitely going up, uh, going up there. Um, in general, um, I, I, again, I don't have the, the numbers for shorts for features mm-hmm. this year. Uh, we had forty-three uh, percent female-directed films. Okay. Um, it's pretty much on a par from last year, which was forty-two percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, again, talking about the, the specific challenge of the FLAS programming, mm-hmm. when you take out, if you look at the international program and you ignore New Irish Cinema, mm-hmm. that jumps to about. 47 okay. um, percent. Um, so yeah, it's trending upwards. Like to, ask, to answer your earlier question about, like, do I think are we are we going to get to 2020? Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with Annie in that I think it's it's an aspirational commitment. Um, and think like we could hit 2020, but then 2021 and 2022 could go back down. Mm-hmm. The thing with being on the festival side of it of stuff as well is that um, you're dealing with uh, you know you're seeing the end result of. Um, things that were put in play maybe four or five years ago, however long it took to make a film. Mm. So whatever the the funding decisions were, say, you know, four years Mm. ago, you know, maybe they had a good year four years ago and that will result in a good FLA this year, Mm. but next year's FLA... It might go down again. So mm-hmm. I suppose it's it's about it's actually it's not about 2020, but it's it's about not taking our eye off the ball. You know. Okay. Um, 
there were two things there. Stephanie, I know you wanted to come in. So one thing is whether the person at the helm is significant or not in driving something forward. Now, I, I know that, Annie, you and I have disagreed on this uh, because I believe that the person at the helm is actually very no, important. No, I do as well. Uh, I, I, and I think, I think you can have... Um, an energy and a drive that when certain individuals go, uh, the policy remains, but the will to push it through can go off. But but I'm not. I'm just yeah. saying we have we have debated this elsewhere. So Stephanie, I think you wanted to come in and clarify that. And also, yeah. I'd like to get back to the notion of um, which kind of talking about there about um, producers, which right. you know are part of the of the issue. And I'd like to talk about that as well. So Stephanie, did you want to say something? Well, it was just about this change of personnel, because mm. um, I'm a public servant. Mm. I'm uh, utterly, completely and fully replaceable at any time. Uh, and, which must uh, be a source of great sadness to you. <laughs> well, I, you, you live with it. <laughs> you learn to live with it. So I actually don't believe yeah. that a change of personnel would, would have an impact for the BI. But the one thing I'd say is that that's where it's important to put in place or to structure your policy yeah. around kind of deep anchors. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was the mm -hmm. uh, Council of Europe mm -hmm. recommendation. Mm -hmm. It's also the public service duty out of mm -hmm. the Equality Act. Yeah. We have that duty mm -hmm. ourselves. So these frameworks are helpful because mm -hmm. they you can't just say, well, you know what, I'm, this, this year I'm going to go by the public service duty and then leave it on the side because mm -hmm. I can't really do, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. these things are actually quite important mm -hmm. and they do mm -hmm. offer a really useful mm -hmm. framework. Mm -hmm. So I don't think personnel mm -hmm. is what's key, mm. though, I, you know, it'd be nice to think it is, but really it is. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The mm. second thing as well is, and, and we might go on to that, mm. we talked about a lot about the, the um, off-air, you know, mm. the, the, the creative roles, but I think helping to change narratives on air mm. also helps mm. that, and it, it embeds it <coughs> in a stronger way. Mm. So if we see more stories about women, mm that not, are not necessarily told by women, but are, are about women, it kind of redressed that balance as well. And that's kind of important. And okay. we've done some work. Yes, you have. Well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I suppose, it, okay, we've talked about producers before. Mm. And I think we all know about producers who are very engaged in this process. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who knows anything about them, if you stop, they will, they will list mm -hmm. off. Is it fair to say that there are two levels of producers? And that there is a level at the top, if you want to, wherever the top is, that have more power uh, and really are not particularly concerned about BAI or Screen Ireland uh, initiatives or particularly concerned about getting the, few, uh, the, the extra money that Screen Ireland has on offer. Is that is that a reality? Annie? Well, what they are concerned about is getting Section Four Eight One funding. Yes, and that's, and this, was, this was um, the opening for you yeah. to talk about. Um, that. I mean, you know, there are some production companies who who have become very successful, which mm. is great for Irish production mm. companies, but who are less reliant. Mm. You're right on mm. on the kind of funding mm. from the BAI mm. and mm. from Screen Ireland, but mm. the. Guidelines around Section 481, you know, the training plan that all production companies have to submit and the skills plans to Screen Ireland will have a strong gender element mm. in. And most of the production houses are looking for Section 481 mm. funding. Mm. So there are other ways to, mm. you know, to, to approach that particular mm. issue. And I mean, production companies vary. We have some very good, committed producers and production companies mm. committed to gender, committed to finding good women that are out there, to approaching them, to getting their stories. And then we have some who are less interested. Mm. And it's those production companies that we're working with. Um, you know, I mean, Liz has, has worked on 
quite male-dominated productions, um, I'm sure, you know, and we, we all have who are producers and directors in, in um, the room. And it's, it's how you get to those producers and get them to change their mindset. And some of it is funding, some of it is Section 481, some of it is processes, and some of it is the constant dialogue and constant discussion. But Susan, I just want to return to the leadership yeah. thing. Leadership is important. It is important that the people at the top of any organization have bought in to the principles of diversity. Mm. And that's why um, I saw James Hickey arrive in the room. Hello, James. Um, as you're aware, James will be leaving Screen yeah. Island as our CEO um, after a number of very successful years. And one of the things that we put very strongly into the job description and the interview process for the new CEO was diversity. And that was flagged at interview. That was talked about right through the interview with that person that was looked for in the profile. And you'll have seen us put you know, it, things about diversity in all of our job ads. So I think it is important, but what's equally important is embedding in the processes, in the application processes, in the funding decisions, embedding things so that it doesn't matter almost who is there, those things still happen regardless. But the two go side by side, I think. So just following on from something that Liz said there, so Annie, you, you could have opted for quotas, and you didn't opt for quotas. Can you explain to us why you didn't opt for them? When you have, you've, you, you, could, you could look at it two ways. You could say, Screen Island are doing really well. They're very near the line. Why would they not take the leap and go for quotas and meet that target effortlessly and, and, and get it embedded in a way that perhaps is more solid than waiting and hoping and... You know, why did you? Yeah, I don't think we're waiting and hoping. Um, sorry, Susan, I'm being narky with you today. No, you but, um, we're not wait, I, I We're not take. waiting and hoping. We're taking action. Mm. You know, we're not sitting back and saying. This oh no, is and I didn't mean happen. that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's, it's a more yeah. solid thing if you've got gender, uh, if you've got quotas there. I think because you know you're hitting certain. Markers. Well, in a way, we have a quota. We have 50-50 by 2020. That's what we are aiming for. And quotas aren't effortless. I mean, I think they're hard work. I think they require as much effort as what we've been trying to do. But I think I said to you before, Susan, that mm -hmm. you know, we want to, as far as we can, take industry with us. We want to change the practices. We want to change the mindset of the industry. And, you know, we want to put in, as I said, the very tangible positive action things that will help us to get to that 50-50. But we also want that to be, as I keep saying, part of the DNA of the production mm. companies, of directors, of the big houses. We want to make that change so integral. And in a way, quotas let people off the hook. I'm not against them. It's something we have talked about. But at the moment, we feel we're making progress and we want to take the industry with us. We don't want people to sort of say, oh, well, OK, I can go with the quotas because it's something I have to do. But I actually don't really care about it. I don't really care about gender. We want to take the industry with us and make it part of the DNA of that industry. OK. Um, Liz, can I ask you, looking around, it seems to me, and I think that the, the stats may, and this is where the other thing, the stats are great, Annie. If we mind down, and, and this is a question really for Liz, but I want to make sure that I have this right. Primarily, I would say the change that I see is in women making shorts. Is that, is that reasonable to say? Is that fair to say, Annie? I mean, I'm looking at my project managers and hoping they're shaking they their heads. Yeah. No. It's both. Yeah. It's both? Yeah. You think it's both? Who am I talking to? Sorry. Oh, Leslie, sorry. sorry, I can't see you, Leslie. Sorry, no, you're all right. The, uh, I just this disembodied voice yeah. was coming. Sorry, the reason um, I the reason I looked yeah. over there is that obviously yeah. these yeah. guys. I mean, yeah. you know, contrary to what yeah. people feel, 
uh, may think, I don't read scripts. Please don't send me any more scripts. (laughs) That's not my role. I don't make those decisions. But the project managers are the ones who are implementing these decisions. And my understanding is it isn't just shots. It is features, it's documentaries, it's animation. And I'm getting nods to say yes. Okay. It's the new generation filmmakers, so they're hugely, hugely important. Yes. Yes, I know that. Yes. Yes. In terms of the features and productions, it's probably slightly trickier. Yeah. I still think it's nothing really good. It's just you seemed more vocal, I suppose, about the shorts, about the 50 50. It seemed to be more. you, you seem to put to nail your colours to the mast much more with the funding of shorts. It seemed to me, and you and you did do great as regards the the percentages with the shorts. Maybe that's just us not being vocal enough as project managers mm. and we're in the trenches. Yes, know, yeah. But, mm. uh, um, I, think, I think our conversion rates, even when the application mm. numbers might be a bit disappointing, our conversion rates are really quite high. okay. And that's not because you know, and I suppose this is back to quotas and the difficulty around it sometimes. You know, from the other side, when we get the, the angry backlash, yeah, yeah, we're just going to fund for the sake of funding. Mm. We don't put money into projects. We don't believe it. Mm. And actually, the conversion rate is good. Is that even sometimes when the numbers are lower, mm. then the human rights production is high. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're yes. really so happy mm. to fund, and mm. that's that's what we're we're we're, we're all about, mm. as well as you know, in in, in what we fund. Yeah, I, I suppose I think. I absolutely believe in the 50 50 by 2020, and I think it was a necessary rally mm. call. I think it was necessary to give it a four year mm. term when it came in at the end of 2015. It's a focus, it's something that we need to, to keep being focused mm. on. I think there'd be a danger that we try and hang ourselves next year and say we failed. And I, I just don't want to see that happen mm. that people somehow say we're failing if we don't mm. get it on every mm. single round, you know, because, mm. because actually I think that's doing down. Achievements and mm-hmm. the women who are working very hard within this within this industry, mm-hmm. and I, I think when Liz brought up commercials, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I think you get halfway up the mountain, you have to kind of take stock a bit of how far you've climbed mm-hmm. before you find the next bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's lots of areas that we need to look at. Mm-hmm. Commercials, obviously, mm-hmm. is one. You know, I mean, um, I think the film festival is a great initiative. Obviously, Brie Larson mm-hmm. is now focused on film critics. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. No, the wider film culture is quite important, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think with the, it's going to take time. This is societal change. Mm. You know, I think what happened with the female US team is fantastic. Mm. We are seeing change, mm. but it's, it's societal. Mm. And, and that's tough, you know. Mm. But I, I genuinely feel in the writing, producing, directing arena, we're seeing change. Okay, thanks, Leslie. Um, Liz, how 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 positive um, and how does it inspire you to hear that shorts are being so, um, um, you know, the, the, the funding has uh, equal or, you know, more than 50-50 at times, I think, in, in the shorts. Uh, is that, the, you know, is that, is, that, is that going to hire lots more women in the future being filmmakers? Or is, this, is the shorts a kind of a separate... Does it always follow, in other words? Sorry, I'm putting this back. Does it always follow? Again, not to not to harp on, but yeah. typically for a guy, if you do a great award-winning short, you, then you get commercial work. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's encouraging, of course, that women are getting to practice. Mm-hmm. So if we can just see them transition into the next level, mm-hmm. um, as well as moving mm-hmm. towards features mm-hmm. or TV or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, yeah, mm-hmm. great. I'd like to see... Uh, more encouragement. I, I, I was disappointed to see that soap wasn't recognized as a produced work because 
you know, both here and in the UK, uh, soap is a big uh, receptacle, let's say, for female writer directors because a lot of the time guys don't want to do it. Mm. So, but yet, particularly in this country, it is actually one of the only places that you can work on a sustained basis. Yes. So it's uh, it, it can it can have a gender imbalance, mm. and and it'd be nice to try to. Uh, mm. Perhaps encourage people to move out of that, but mm. but certainly, and again, yeah, it is an international, global issue. It's yeah, not it, just is, it is. There is no here that, that there's yes. a problem yeah. and that there's a recognition. Mm. And, and yeah. what I'm seeing, kind of generally, mm. is mm. certainly there's a consciousness around yes, it now, is, which is fantastic. Mm. And I, so I'm encouraged that for the next year or two, it's like, oh God, people are starting to notice, like, wow, it's it's all white guys in this room. Maybe we better get yeah, someone yeah, yeah. in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and again, I just hope that that sustains that level of attention and what I what I know from outside of this country is that some women are being brought into writer's room as the the woman and having a really miserable time because they're just having to suffer through all this kind of misogynist sexist stuff that's being directed at them and they have to either smile or be the you know Uh, so I I guess yes great let's go more shorts and better Um, yeah um, and Will, I, I was asking you earlier about the, the, the number of shorts with women. So when you when you start looking at features, mm-hmm. are are they like I know you haven't started keeping your figures necessarily for the pledge, but do you think is it harder to find female directors um, on feature films than it would be to discover that there's a female team behind a short? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, you know what you're saying about shorts is. Like yeah, the numbers are uh, getting better, and it's great. But you can kind of see why, I suppose, in that mm. short films will typically tend to be funded by you know uh, bodies like governmental yeah. bodies, agencies, yeah. people yeah. who have to be held accountable mm. and who want to be seen mm. to be doing good. Mm. Whereas uh, if you're producing a feature, mm. um, you know, if, if some is, is some executive going to uh, put up their own mm. cash mm. for mm. to take a chance on a female mm. director? Probably not. So mm. obviously, the numbers mm. will be greater for mm. for shorts. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's harder to find um, the the talent and features, but I suppose from my perspective, the biggest challenge is it's what's what is out there. Again, it's because the thing is, it's actually now all programmers do want to find new female talent. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you it, think ironically, that actually has percolated down? Ironically, down. well, it actually ironically makes them. It's it uh, it elevates the status of those features so that they're harder to get included in your festival. Oh, you might I get see. it in the second yeah. time round. So. <laughs> You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I see. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, so, if we just to stay with shorts for a minute, because I am fascinated with this, I have to say, because there are so many making shorts, so many women making shorts, and sometimes not funded. Sometimes they, they didn't get funded. They went and they got the money themselves, and so on. So, when you're thinking of the different layers, then what comes next? What comes next? What comes next? I mean, moving from a short to a feature, that's that's a tricky one. Isn't it? I'm sorry if I'm reverting to you, Annie, just because you, you seem to be the obvious one to answer this. Um, that, that leap forward, do you know what I mean? The leap from the short that has been supported and everything. Is short, is the, is the, is the low-budget initiative, is that the leap? I mean, I think, just, just to go back to the short term, I mean, I think it's, it's really positive that there are more women, first of all, more women coming out of film courses. Mm-hmm. And, and Susan and I have just... Susan has edited a book that I've written an article on about the women in, you know, the numbers coming through film courses. And, you know, they've been pitiful in many cases, and they're starting to change now. So more young women are going into film courses, and we want to encourage that. We want to encourage 
women filmmakers to be learning their trade and their craft. We then want to encourage them to start making films, and sometimes short is a good way to do that. It's a good way for anyone to get the foot in the door, but it is then that next step. And, you know, it's about putting in positive action schemes. It's about putting in work with the producers and the directors to say, you know, how are you going to encourage these women to make their feature film? It's hard for anyone to go from a short to a feature. And as Liz says, some people go from shorts to commercials into feature, which tends to be to be more men. So we've got the, the kind of nuances now of those areas to look at. And we can put in uh, workshops for directors. Screen Skills Ireland, which is part of Screen Ireland, puts in all sorts of uh, mentoring, workshops, all sorts of things for women to help them to make that um, that transition. And I also think the role model is important, you know, bringing those, those women who have made the transition to the first feature, getting them in front of other women, getting them to do those masterclasses, getting them to mentor, to talk about their experience, to help develop. But it is also... I can see some of our producers, James and co. at the back. It's also saying to production companies, you have got to take mm. a chance on those women. Mm. You have got to find them out. They are mm. there. And you have got to help them to make those first features. Mm. I think it's, it, there's a role and there the, for them the, the as well. Luxembourg, um, the Luxembourg co-production um, initiative, yeah. that's a very interesting one. Yeah. I mean, is that something that, you, that, the, that, that Screen Ireland could build on? Yeah, yeah. this is, this is um, co-production treaties that specifically target feature films for women. And I think that's, a, you know, Luxembourg is, is very uh, good on this, but I think that is the way ahead to say to countries, you know, we have Estonia here this year. Don't anyone from Estonia in the audience? Uh, we have some um, ch visitors from China. It's about saying if we're setting up co-production treaties, let's look at a focus on gender as well. Let's actively seek out for those co-productions women writers, directors, and producers. There are lots of, of structural ways that we can do that with the co-production, with the production companies, through mentorship, through role models, through putting additional funding in, as we've done, for those features that include women. There are lots of things to yeah. do, yeah. Um, I, I, we could talk on it, but I, I think it's kind of dull for people. And I, I encourage people to come here today because I really do think this is the time to ask a question. This is the time to voice something, you know, that is troubling you or anything you like in this small room, just sitting here, forgetting that there's a camera whizzing there. The <laughs> um, and, and so I, I would, I mean, I could, there's some other really important questions I'd, I, I, I'd really love to ask. And I'm just throwing this out there, but I won't ask it, but I, I'd love, I'd love us to be all thinking about at the IFI Spotlight event that where the, some of the members of this panel uh, met earlier in the year, which, at which I moderated, um, Carmel Winters brought it back into the public domain. I mean, it has fallen away in a way. This notion of the importance of distribution mm -hmm. and the distributors and what their line is. And, and it's something that's very important, I think. And um, I have to say it was very uh, ably, um, he's gone now, my one compliment if you want ears. Um, it was very ably uh, addressed by James, actually, who did, uh, did voice concern that it was, in fact, a gendered issue, the, that whole uh, distribution thing. But I think that's very important. But anyway, look, can we, can we open it out uh, to, to, to conversation? Birch, yes. Yeah, well, I'd like to say congratulations. First, may I say, Birch is the CEO of the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, so just to clarify. Congratulations, words to, yeah. to, to both BI and Screen Ireland. That's a really hard one, and I, I really acknowledge like, the project managers and all the work that's gone into remaking that happen. Thank you. But if we just rewind to like 1993, we 
you might have heard in the room in 1990, the Irish government said that they were going to make a commitment to have 40% women on their boards, and mm -hmm. we're still nowhere near that. That yeah. was back in 1990. Yeah. So I think that you know, progress is really slow. And, and you're right, and I love what you're saying, Annie, about the DNA embedding it in the culture, because patriarchy, the male dominance in the film industry, is alive and well. Just to give you a really recent example of, of that patriarchy, mm. we had um, Andre Arnold over. Sorry, <laughs> Andre Arnold, the director. She was at our annual general meeting last month, and she gave me the fact that Andre Arnold doesn't get better than that. She's you know a campaign director, uh, very high up in her game. She does big little lies which most of you have seen. So she went over there, and they were told, "You're an author, a visual director. We're hiring you because you're Andre Arnold." She got on the set, and she went and. and did all her work, you know, shot a beautiful series, mm. and then what they did was they went and cut all her work behind her, and just basically, essentially, used her as a camera person mm. and recut. Actually, the reason why I thought I couldn't oh share that with you read in two wireless stories, yeah, that's actually public news. Oh my god! So she was very upset last month to explain this to us. So that is the level mm. of, and you know, what they said to her, they said there was too much emotion. <gasps> So that's what we're dealing with. Mm. You know, I'll give you another example of, you know, some of the front lines of a, of a, of a, a young male director who came to my office and like skinny, lumpy, he was like sitting down, just kind of air of entitlement, very hardly any work, not, not in any way, you know, established. And, and, you know, just this air of entitlement said to me, Bert, you know, is there a reason I didn't get kind of scheme with RT that we were doing? So I'm just wondering, is there a reason why I didn't get this? I'm so sure I was going to get is it because of is it a, a, a hidden gender and another example you know for me is like recently I was in a negotiation and I was talking and making a point and you know this fellow man beside me me to like saying you know stop talking so what I'm saying is, is that you know I acknowledge the structures and everything in place, but it's a culture that's yeah. very live that we really are trying to change and I think it's very, very slow. My own belief is is that we need quotas. Mm -hmm. My own and I'm just if we fast forward twenty years or maybe thirty years, I think you know, some of the older people even that aren't even born yet might ask us, our children, our women might say to us, Why why was quotas such a Centuries word. Why is it? Why are people afraid of the word quotas? I think we're getting, what, what's, what's so what's so kind of you know controversial mm -hmm. about the word quotas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fairness. You can't argue with fairness. It's almost like in war times when you're giving out rations of bread, saying we gave you know you're not going to give sixty percent to men and not women. This is like state funding, and I I think.
Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're going to get this lash back yeah. all the time, yeah. and, uh, and as much as you gain, you get that. And it's a question of weathering it and not and not listening to it and not being beaten down by it, of mm. course. But it's very unpleasant. I mean, mm. but to be honest with you, I've been waiting for it to come. I, I thought it would be here about a year ago. So it's mm. only now we're starting to kind yeah. of. That's it. So I mean, you're, sorry, you're, can I yeah. just just comment on that? I mean, we don't we don't worry about the backlash mm. in the sense we don't get phased by it mm. um, and it's interesting what you say about boards but I mean I don't know the composition of, of your board but um, Screen Ireland board has five women and two men on it yes which I think yes. you know has made a big difference it must be the most feminized board in the I world I think so and we get we get criticized for that yeah. you know we we've yeah. had uh, yeah. commentary about yeah. that in the same way as we've had commentary about the additional mm. 150k mm. and about what's seen as, mm. as pro-women policies but we don't mind that we knew that was going to happen mm. Susan you yeah. You know, that always happens when, yeah. when you're making radical change. But I, I do think, I mean, I don't know what your board membership is, but I do think it has made a big difference, you're right, to us to have that, uh, that increase in, in females on, on the board. And obviously, I would just like to say because it was, I, you know, because I'm moderating, I, I want to try and keep an, an even balance. But, but clearly, obviously, uh, the Writers Guild, the Screen Directors Guild, and it was a public conversation here last year, so uh, it would be remiss not to mention it. So I would also be uh, obviously uh, of the same view, Birch, and the, the Writers Guild would um, would support quotas. And I suppose our position, our position is that. Um, it's, it's kind of like the position that, that uh, Orla O'Connor from the National Women's Council took last year. We would be in the position that you, you, you create quotas for a limited amount of time, manage them carefully, you change the industry, and then you change the DNA that way, that you, that you change the culture by literally making a physical change to it. So I, I understand you're taking a different view, which is you, you would like to bring the, the, the industry with you, and so they're, they're, they're slightly different positions. Sorry, I'll be with the woman in the back in a while, but uh, Geraldine Creed, sorry, Geraldine, yes, you had your hand yeah, up. I was just going to say, I'm not quite sure why you've concentrated on shorts, because even in 2015, the statistics for shorts were that it was balanced. So, shorts aren't an issue. The issue is trying to make it to the next level. And even when you've made a feature film as a woman, it's trying to get the second feature film, or trying to get work and sustain yourself in the industry. In Jordan's angle, which is kind of coming from the Did you see that working? Uh, I, well, 
Not with the current scheme. I think the scheme, the way the scheme is written, and I didn't write it, um, and the way the legislation is written, and I didn't write that either, uh, makes it quite. Um, I think you're right. I think it makes the producer, uh, the person, the decision maker. Um, so the producer puts together the application, secures the broadcaster that goes with it, devises his, his or her team, and you know comes uh, to us for funding. Mm. We are only looking at a product in a way. Whereas I think you know there there are other ways um, to 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 maybe help this. Without necessarily um, the development piece is the piece that I think might be helpful there, and it's not something that we look after particularly. Though we do have ancillary schemes where we've worked with uh, development projects and and taken it from much earlier on in the in the in the process. Um, so that is helpful. I absolutely agree with you that I think there are issues with uh, uh, um, networks in a way where. You know, networks of producers don't necessarily talk to networks of directors in a way that actually focuses on this diversity issue, um, and it may be something that we can uh, we can help with. And it's um, like I'm open to I'm open to any ideas that will actually change the, the, those numbers. You know, so I think we've tried a few things. We've worked with Screen Skills Ireland. We've worked with a, a number of uh, representative bodies. You know, um, I know Spy has done some work in this area. We've worked with them on that because we do fund a lot of development work as well. Um, not to the same level as Sound and Vision, but there's quite a significant input there. So I think. We just need to think creatively as to what we do in order to change those numbers. And as I say, like we're open to things. You know, Can I'm I open to something yes. perhaps Sorry. that um, as a producer looking for female yeah. talent, we have it's it's challenging, not least because with respect, we don't really have directors agents in this country in the way that they a lot of directors would be represented in the UK. My fantasy would be if there was a website, and perhaps it could be contributed to by all of the interested parties, where a producer can say, I need a female comedy director. Bang. There's all of the directors who are working are available with links to their to their work, where it's it's like a talent reservoir, so that people can't, don't have the excuse of, well, I don't know, or, you know, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, now you'd have to organize it in tiers so that certain levels of experience would be broken down in certain ways and someone can't just say, oh, I direct everything or whatever, yeah, yeah. but some kind of resource yeah, for the directors yeah. who do want to, because because of the schemes they need yes. to find okay. talent, but Sorry, it's not that easy. I just want to answer that because this, this tool exists in other fields. Mm -hmm. So we've worked with women on air for a number yeah. of years now who develop data, who has developed a database of female contributors mm -hmm. or expert panelists on talk shows, news and current affairs programs. So that that can exist. We've also worked with the National Disability Authority to create a database of disabled actors. So that if you know uh, producers, directors are looking for disabled actors that they can actually go there. It's not that easy to set up, I'll be very honest with you, having been at the cool face for a long time on, on that particular tool, but it's definitely something that we could work on, definitely. Okay, that's interesting. No, sorry, I, I know Carla Heaton wants to get in, but there was somebody at the back just prior to Carla. Did somebody wave back there? Maybe they've given up and gone home. <laughs> no, no, I know you're trying somebody to get in, there. Yarrow. I, I know Marion is. So we'll just take it with Carla first, then Yarrow, and then Marion. Carla, yeah. Carla Heaton yeah. from WIFT, yeah. yeah. I just want to echo Bert as well and say thank you to everyone on the panel and all their colleagues because there's some really amazing uh, progress and it's really 
we're all in this room today because we're all fighting the same kind of fight yeah. and believing mm -hmm. and there's a lovely feeling of that no matter what our different views are. And um, some of those initiatives I think have been brilliant and I'm so, so glad to see, which I think ties into the producer stuff, uh, people being kind of hit where it hurts in terms of connecting for everyone mm -hmm. with more of this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I think I would be pro quotas as well. I think if it was connected to quotas, there'd be no doubt, you know. Mm -hmm. If you don't have 50-50, you don't get all your 481. would really hit producers where they're hurt and these kind of more detached or private equity producers or people mm. who aren't maybe as, as dependent mm. on state funding mm. would maybe feel it a bit more mm. and be forced mm. to do something. Mm. But, you know, that's just, that's what I think. Okay. And then just to also, um, I think what Geraldine is saying yeah. is really important in terms of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And again, this isn't... Uh, there's no easy answer to this, mm. but there are so many women out there, and here we are, and everyone mm. knows me. And mm. what happens is, like Liz is saying, you're looking for a director, I think, I think particularly director in DOP, this is a real issue with camera yeah. form, yeah. DOP. You're looking for someone, and often, screen art, like people will be saying, we want a woman in that role, that, that has, it should be one, mm. everyone's mm. yes, let's make a woman, mm. great, and there's loads of women, mm. but maybe the commissioner, or the financer, mm. or the, Another element mm. says, but that person has to have done two features, has to have done, you know, hour long TV before, has to, and then suddenly, all these women you had are like, well, hang on, none of them fit the, no, 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 I mean, so where are the breaks, I guess, how do we, how do we give women those breaks, because we don't quite have maybe the extensive experience yet, or it's just, Kind of yeah. I think that's yeah. what's, you know, yeah. problematizing. I don't know how yeah. to get there. You know? Yes, so yes. I see it. I see it all the time. Yeah. People want to. I want to hire a female director. And then, oh, you know, right, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks, Carla. Yarrow? Yeah, I wanted to thank Stephanie and Annie uh, for being here because I, I, I presume it's not easy to face uh, uh, It is easy. They love <laughs> us. <laughs> so very nice. I wanted to. Just say I, I kind of consider myself uh, the crusader for the rest of the crew. Yes, uh, I work as the director of photography, and I feel like I'm always trailing the writer, director, producer mm. roles. They are not the only creative roles, no. but unfortunately, everyone else, DOP, sound, uh, music composers, you know, mm. all the other departments, we get plumped into the crew. You know. Yeah. Uh, but crew is creative. It's not just executing. And so I, I just would, I really look forward to to you. You know, when you gather the data uh, and you publish it, you know, where is the fifty fifty? Uh, and I can't wait to see what is it. What how how are all the crew roles represented there as well? Because I I have a feeling oh, no, that that uh, there is not nearly thirty percent representation. Um, so, so please do publish and let I, us know. No problem. Yeah. And, and one more thing, if I may, a little bit to play off of Geraldine there. I constantly hear people say, we want to encourage women to apply for this money. <clears throat> it's not, the word shouldn't be encouraged. It's like promise us that there is a path to, <coughs> to gaining some sort of career where we can sustain ourselves on what we do. And, and we will come out of the woodwork because we are all here is that we don't see progress of making a living, yeah. you know. So so I, I am a bit offended by the word encourage women to laugh. We are here, we want to, mm. we're ready to yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
No, I just wanted to say something, Ari, on, on the crew. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we struggle with the directors, the writers, the producers, but once you start going beyond that, to the DOPs, to the sound, to the editors, and I know that a number of the guilds, there's been a, a new guild recently of screen composers, uh, yeah, are, are looking at that, taking that issue up. The National Concert Hall has been looking at women musicians positively. So I think it's, you know, if you started to look underneath, it's shocking, you know, the technical crew, um, you know, the big projects like Vikings, for example, you know, if you looked at... Yep, female DOP, but if you look at the crews on any film set, you know, our, our most film sets, they are pretty, you know, pretty, pretty male dominated. So that is something that I think we need to start trickling down and look at as well. But I do know that the new guilds that are being formed are beginning to, to look at that, representing those, those organizations and the gender issue there as well. So I think there is, there is a little bit of hope and movement there. Yeah. Yeah. It's still shocking, but it, at least it's now in the radar, which is yeah. good. Yeah, there's so many things to come in at. Sorry, I know, I, I, I know. know we can't. Yes, Stephanie, I'll let you in. I Sorry, just very quickly, yeah. um, I absolutely agree with you. We do, I tend to focus a lot on, on a producer, writer, director when I uh, talk at these events, mm -hmm. uh, but we gather data on other uh, yeah. uh, elements as well, and that will all be published. I can tell you, um, a quite, uh, yeah, I suppose I can tell you, uh, that DOPs, female DOPs with sound and vision is not good. Mm -hmm. um, female editors is quite good mm -hmm. so it's uh, yeah. it's one of those things and um, so they are always going to be uh, categories uh, of work where uh, it's possibly dif more difficult to work on the balance but that's not the point the point is that we need to work on mm -hmm. it yeah okay thanks Yara. so i'm going to go to marion and then james at the back and were you looking to come in well you weren't the girl in the green wasn't no sorry marion um thank you susan um so there's so much to say. Then behind me. Um, first of all, I just I think we need to maybe step out of the little bubble that we're in here in Ireland and just look at the big picture and think even as I do, I speak to a lot of people internationally about where we are and within the scheme of things, all the work that we've done and I mean I just wanna say to everybody in this room well done like we are doing a brilliant job at changing millennia so, so we, are, we are doing great there's different ways to do it um you know anna cerner in sweden i'm sure you're all familiar with her um they do not have quotas they work really hard continually uh, she's just come up with a new scheme now to improve the amount of money that women are getting for their films because she didn't like how the comparisons broke down financially. Um, I don't know if any of you saw Michelle Mayhew, her, uh, her presentation on um, Toronto Film Festival the other day. It was brilliant. They do not have quotas. I feel like I'm personally, I'm not against quotas, but I think that seems like an easier kind of like a, oh that's a simple solution there is not a simple solution to you know centuries of patriarchy so it is it's more complicated than that i personally i hope that we don't even have to use photos but i would be certainly all on for them if we have to but i think that all the other measures are um you know i talked to melissa silverstein of women in hollywood and she says you know, quotas are for institutions that have nothing in place. They're, they're like, oh, we're fine, you know, so here's a 30% quota, you need to change the makeup of your organization or your institution. 
So do you, do you have institutional buy-in? Yes. Do you have commitment? Yes. Do you have policies in place? Yes. We have all of these things in place, but it, it needs more. It needs everybody in this room. It needs people, when we say encourage people to apply, that also means encourage people to accept the fact that they're going to get rejected as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like everybody gets rejected. And um, that's one of the things that I've learned being um, actually on the board is seeing everybody gets rejection. You know, so, and that is the nature of it. So I would really, and we're saying encourage, but I would still really encourage women to keep going, get those no's, be like me, hate them for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on how egregious the no might be, and then go, okay, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna go back in with? And the last thing I want to say is television, okay? We have, um, we are, the content is, as we know, this, this need for content is huge and it's going to explode here. That is the place that we can, from the get-go, say, when these big international you know, productions come in and say, oh, you don't have any directors, or you don't, you know, we only use these guys, or whatever. Or we can say, no, actually, we're Ireland. Uh, we don't do that here. We, we, you know, we want to see women. We want to see people of color. We want to see people who have disabilities. We want to see an inclusive workforce. And we can, from the get-go, we can start to see that, because that is the place where we're gonna have huge growth in this country. Okay, thanks, Mary. <laughs> I still don't agree with you about the quotas. <laughs> <laughs> we can fight about that another time. But, but, Jennifer, but, but my point is, yeah. if we all want the same thing, we're work. I sort of feel like, well, let's just keep working and keep working at it and work together. Oh no, we should, and we, we do. Are. And to be fair, there is great working together. Yeah. But not all of us want the same thing. There are people who don't want that. Mm. Don't want. But don't want quality, but don't, but don't care. Quality. Well, they don't, yeah, those two. Anyway, that's a bigger oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> James at the back, and then I'll come to Jennifer and then at there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, no, I just found that I was at the top table and then two girls answering to say, I don't know what to do with I do think that person is a person who's a person So I think everything will happen. Speak louder. Okay. Sorry, James. So the other thing I should say before I mention is, I mentioned leadership. And certainly, Screen Ireland has shown leadership and resistance. But I also think we need to look at, uh, for example, Copy with there with the film group, the unions have used to come down to the flat and engage in the industry. So I have no idea what symptom policy or TV use policy are, if, if they are using this policy. I would hate to be trying to get into the electric mm. approach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 actually. Good so we're right about the cruise heavy. Yeah. Actually, it's the unions who are not yeah. engaged in this business. Mm. They're killing us politically. They're attacking producers like everyone. And they are not doing their job. They have no diversity policy. Mm. It's leverage. And I think mm. that we in this room should demand these heavily resourced units who effectively represent the rights of civil servants. Mm. The we should insist that the unions have diversity policies in the same way that producers should mm. have Fellow unions need to do that. Only the majority. Yeah, no, I agree. Jennifer Davison from the Writers Guild. Jennifer. Yeah, and I suppose just to kind of speak on behalf of the Writers yep. Guild, um, and obviously we've been really clear um, on advocating for gender equality. We have advocated quite strongly for mandatory quotas. Obviously, you know, we have different viewpoints, but I think what's great, and I'll echo what everyone else has said, 
we are all working towards the same goal, and that's brilliant, and that's been a game changer. But I suppose what we've been looking at in the Guild and what our concern is, in six months it's going to be 2020, you know? And I suppose we need to almost start looking past 2020. So we can we can hit those mm. bonus in 2020. But how do we turn that into sustainable careers, mm -hmm. into a long-term thing mm -hmm. that actually will go and will grow? And I mean, mm -hmm. initiatives like POV mm -hmm. are fantastic. The new talent scheme was brilliant. But we haven't had either of those this year. Mm -hmm. And it's just how do we turn, you know, if we're looking at the next five years of gender equality, where are we going? Okay. I can't give anyone a chance to answer because we, I've been told to cut it, but there was one woman back there, yes. Do you want to ask a quick question or make a quick comment? I want to make a quick comment. So, John from the Irish School of Boston. Oh, hi. Yeah. Yes. And I feel that today I was privy to a conversation with somebody who was in this room who was very prolific as a short filmmaker. Yeah. And there happened to be a producer sitting at the table with us. And I turned around and said, you have to make a feature. This woman said, you have to make a feature. Every woman in this room, stop making your shorts, make a goddamn feature. We will show them in America for you, okay? Listen, at the end of the day, everything's great. We are so behind you. We are, are, are an organization of women. But at the end of the day, stop to take the next step, lean in, as you've heard that many times before. You've got the resources in this country that other countries don't have. And each one of you are amazing if you're a DLP or, or, or a director. I just feel like a writer at this stage. Start making them work, girls, because at the end of the day, that's one of the ways what you, you actually are moving forward. Your work will speak Thank you, John. Okay, last shout from from, from Annie Gina. Yeah. No, it was just um, actually it was just sorry it was just in, in relation to uh, what James said. I mean, I I think the whole issue of, of the unions and what they are not doing is really important. And I would make a practical suggestion to the organisers of this panel next year: please have SIP two up here, get them up here. Guys, like, like always, we could be here for another hour, but I've been given the chop. Uh, can I say that the next time I see you, in this context, it will be 2020, and I wonder what that will bring. See you next year. Okay. If you'd like to find out more about WIFT or about any of our events, please feel free to subscribe to our newsletter. Or if you'd like to become a member or want to check out who we are and what we do, visit wft.ie. Thank you for listening. See you again soon.